Oh, so Davos, man, I got my invitation. I couldn't go. I just, I was really busy. Probably you guys, did you get yours? Is it, honey, hey, did the neighbors get their invitation to Davos? Do you know if they went to that? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And this is another morning for me with Bonefrog Coffee. Today it is the Frogman Roast. You can get a 5% lifetime discount. The only place to get it, the only way is through this show at bonefrog.us. Zach Abraham, my friend and my brother, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management, joins us. Zach, um, welcome back. And may I just, before you even respond to that, tell you how grateful I am for the um, incredible job you did running the panel. I gave you incredibly short notice at our event in Bothell, Washington, over there in Little Babylon. Um, And man, thank you so, so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh man, I had a blast. Thanks for having me. And, and, uh, I just, especially with the panel, you know, just, I I've known of those guys, um, and supported them, but that was an easy thing to host. Those are, those are two right on, right on point, uh, men of God. And, and I think they're doing God's work and, uh, that was easy. Yeah, it was pretty breathtaking to hear them both describe the fact, and, and Zach's talking about Jesse Young and Jim Walsh, that if you don't live in or not from the separate country of Washington, they may not, may not be household names, um, but they're state reps and, and, yes, very godly men. And they mentioned that the speaking the name of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is, is against the rules now um, in the Washington State House. Certainly there's no long-term religious or, or, um, or uh, implications for the souls of people who made that rule, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and I joked around and I just said, did, did that law include a banning of any mention of Islam or, or Muhammad or anything? And nope, you know, no, no clarification there. Yeah. Um, well, that's racism. I, you know, that's, it, it, that's, that's, that's it, just it, racism. I won't have racism on the show. <laughs> that's just racism. I, I love how I, and, and that is really where we're at, isn't it? A simple observation, like something like that makes you a racist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or some, some other ist. Um, yeah. Some other ist. I, I got, I got recently, I called it, uh, I called it the Kung Fu flu yeah. on our radio show. And we got emails and calls in saying that I was racist. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't really care anymore. My attitude is if you want to try to cancel me, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. I, I just, it's so ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're up in arms about people saying the Kung Fu flu and we're lobbying for late term abortion. I mean, that's, that's where we're at in this country. Right. Exactly. But that, um, you know, if you ban abortion, that radically affects, um, marginalized personalities like or people's like men who think they're women um, and people of color, it puts them at risk. Men who think they're women are deeply at risk if we ban abortion. That's, and that's literally um, one of the top talking points now of the left, that if you ban abortion, it's going to affect men who pretend to be women. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how I, I We've, we've, we've just, we, we, I, yeah, we've crossed the event, you know, we've, we've crossed over the event horizon of just total madness. Right. Um, 
truly. I don't even, you can't even debate these things anymore. You know what I mean? You're, you're just, you're sitting there going, it's like having a debate whether or not we should start a unicorn ranch. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> right. it's so pointless because yeah. it, it, there's no gravity. There are no facts. Right. And, and if you try to, if you try to insert facts, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're a sexist. And you know, it's, and, and I'm sure this will come up and it, it's like the school shooting situation. Um, you know, first of all, I can't even imagine as a parent, I, I just, my heart breaks and, and, and my prayers go out. I just, but I sat there and watched and now it's, you know, I, and I don't want to be critical. I, that's not the point, but, but the whole debate is so frustrating to me, Todd. It reminds me so much of the energy debate. And I've said this to people before I go, hold on a second. Before we, before we engage in this debate, we need to, I, you got to tell me what it is that we're discussing here. Because I thought we were talking about uh, providing clean, renewable energy. Or is your aim to provide clean, renewable energy is your, or is your aim to abolish every fossil fuel company? Because those are two different things, right? And it kind of reminds me of the school shooting situation where you're going, is your aim to end school shootings or is your aim to ban assault, quote unquote, assault rifles? Because again, those are two different things. And they go, well, one is one and the same. And I go, no, it's not. Right. Did you see the shooter get in the back door that was unlocked? At my children's school, during, during school hours, they have one point of entry. And you go through the front security doors and then the next set of security doors behind protective glass. The receptionist checks you in and then allows you into the school. It, there is no open door to access. So this I, and I sat there and my heart goes, I, but I just sat there and I went, guys, if you just set your school up this way, that would have been impossible. Right. You I couldn't got, have gotten into the school. I got a note from a friend of mine who is a retired special forces and said, um, to harden the school like that might cost 60 grand. Yeah. To harden. Yeah. I was with the special forces. One of the guys in my Bible study was SF. He did eight tours of duty and we were talking about it this morning and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, don't get me wrong. It's really unfortunate because everybody in special forces knows when you have a security issue, the very first thing you do is you eliminate the point of exit and entry to one location. Right. Just, you start there. He goes, that's the start of the process. I saw that guy go through an unlocked back door and I'm sitting there going, what are we doing? Yeah. You, you and I are recording this together. Um, so you haven't had a chance to hear hour one. Um, I, I ended hour one at exactly 40 minutes. You know why? No. Um, how long did it take the police in Texas to enter the building? Was it 40 minutes? Trick question. They never entered. Oh my gosh. According to the wall street journal, the local police never went in. And it was an elite team of the De department of Homeland security border patrol people mm -hmm. who entered the school and they stopped the murders. And of course, now, I mean, had they gone in and let's say had a bridle from a horse saddle in their hands, well, then that would have been racism. And if the murderer or alleged murderer had just used scissors and the kids were, let's say nine months old, well, it'd just be heroic. So you, you, we did cross the event horizon. Um, but what's so interesting to me is the, or scary, frightening, 
is Zach with the medically useless, deadly, politically targeted lockdowns of kids and the putting of the preventing of children from gaining the mirrored synapses necessary to acquire actual empathy. Um, we have probably quadrupled the society of truly traumatized young people, um, but at least they're addicted to um, to psychotropics uh, and smoke a lot of marijuana that if you smoke too much of will make you paranoid and psychotic. At least there's all that. Yeah. I mean, we got that going for us, right? <laughs> right. Man, I yeah. tell you every, the, the further you step away from the plan that God laid out, which is, Hey, let's have a family. Let's have a, let's have a man and a wife, um, a husband and wife. Let's have that. Let's have a, let's have people break bread together. Uh, let's have the generations live together. Uh, here's a rule book. Uh, let's teach our kids right from wrong from the very beginning. Um, and the further we move away from all of that, uh, the worse off we get, which leads me to this. Davos was this week. I actually, as I spoke those words, mocking getting an invitation to Davos, I almost went to speak at Davos once at an advertising event. And you know what? I, I, can, I, I'm confessing now. And the, the lady who invited me may be mad, although she's a liberal, will never listen to this. I lied. I lied to get out of it. I did not want to go. I just didn't want to be in the room. Um, and it leads me up to a soundbite I want you to hear because it has economic implications. Um, there is, Zach, this, this idea of this great piece I've linked to time and time again that describes the physicals versus the virtuals. And that is um, people who work with their hands and work in real life and experience toil. Um, and you don't need to be someone um, who's, who, you, know, you, you can be a physical and work in a world like you, which is intellectual, because I know you've put your back to the plow. I know you've worked with your hands. But there's a whole generation of people, multi-generations now, where all they do is move digits and information um, and they're the Davos people and they're working their way into the physical world by way of data. Listen to this guy, Zach. This is, um, this is a guy who advises the boss of the World Economic Forum. Um, his name is, um, is going to become infamous for me. And I'll give his name after the clip. This is, this is him talking about the new gods. We are probably one of the last generations of homo sapiens. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may ena enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. So that's into the inorganic realm. Uh, and it, but he needs to be in our organic realm. We'll get to that. His name is Yuval Noah Harari. There's a link to this in the show sheet. Zach, as he spoke those words, he was standing in front of a great big picture of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross with the crown of thorns on his head. No, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Really? Yes. 
Well, actually, see, I, and I remember that because I just got home from Davos late last night. Uh, <clears throat> they're beautiful people, Todd. They, they won't have it without me. Um, you know, they, they, <laughs> they, they yeah, I, I was, uh, I was a guest of honor. Uh, it, well, actually, yeah, so I'm pretty the, sure the, what are those horns in your head? Those are new. <laughs> well, it was, it was a, it was a party favor. They were passing out. Got it. You know, it was, it, that's how we, it's kind of like, you know, remember the Flintstones when Fred would go to the local club oh, and they yeah. had to wear the Buffalo horns. So okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of twisted in their red. Yeah, uh, I get that, and they have a little smoke emitting with right. a sulfur smell, but but that's just for theatrics, man. It's it's kind of like your ID card. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, the, I I feel better because for a minute I was starting to think this sounded satanic. Um, <laughs> I'm so very glad that it's just bowling. It's just going out. Yeah. Bowling yeah. With Barney. Okay. Well, because for a while, yeah, look, looking out for the folks. For a while, I thought that clip was creepy. Uh, um. So okay. In all in all. Yeah. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, you listen to that and uh, this isn't anything new, right? They, they, this is, it, it, that's the crazy thing and, and where I just see the complete collapse and, and maybe it was always there. Maybe it's kind of recency bias on my part, but where is wisdom? Where is discernment? When have you ever heard, you know, you heard rhetoric like this in the eugenics movement by the Nazi party, Right. Same. You sit there and you go, how is it that we just keep falling for the same ruse and the same trick over again? And why is it that we as human beings have such a hard time identifying evil when it's staring us in the eye? And, and I think it goes to your point, which is, you know, the remo- if you listen to the liberal, the, the liberal, the far left platform, what they essentially want is they want the outcome or the product of a God based society but they want to do it with an anti-God stance, right? They want peace and love. Well, they say that's what they want, right? But it, it's just, how do you, I, it's, it's the vacuum that's created, I think, when you move, remove morality and God from a society. It's, it's the, listen to what he's talking about. Like we, human beings, we can't even be trusted not to fight each other and invade countries. And, and, and we can't even be trusted. A lot of us show up on work on time. And you, and you think that even if we can get the power of creation or intelligent design, that that's a good thing. Uh, it's just, it's just madness to me. Well, and then there's to, to your point, um, the same people who created the MRNA injections. And now um, I have now have in my possession, 140 studies um, detailing the pericarditis, the myocarditis. We've got the massive increase in all cause mortality. Um, I now know of two, two, one guy lives through it um, who got injected with the MRNA. He is um, special forces operator who can't get his heart rate now below 145. His heart rate it redlines at 200 stepping out of his truck to walk into his house. Um, and another, another one of his brothers, um, a young man, special forces in a physical, um, in a, in a PT, uh, review died. He died. He had a seizure and he died and no one in the military is going to talk about this, but listen to this. They, they want to, they want to, they want to bring their so-called intelligent design into this random mutation that they pretend happened. But listen to this, Zach, this is the Moderna CEO. Uh, we have a big demand problem. We right now have uh, governments, we try to contact, not only Seth, who's doing great work with his team, trying to get demand into the countries, 
But also we contacted through the Washington's in, the embassies in Washington, every country, and nobody wants to take them. Seven billion doses. <laughs> He's tossing out seven billion doses. But I mean, he's good because we've paid for those. So. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, are you? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this on the show the other day, man. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, it's sort of like you've taken the same business model of subsidized corn farmers and you've rolled it into the pharmaceutical company, right? We're gonna pay you not to to do your job. Essentially, we're gonna pay you to. Uh, it's wow. Oh, I want to know where this stuff is disposed of because I want it burned with fire. I, 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 but now here's where this gets economic to me is you guys at Bulwark Capital Management, and I've grown to understand your theory. Um, not it's not theory. I mean, it's how you practice and the proof is in, in your performance, which is uh, stellar, but they do see value in Silicon Valley. And it's not, you see, it's not the advertising monies from Twitter or the potential subscription monies, or Facebook's advertising monies, uh, or even Google's. And Google has, you know, massive revenues. Man, that's all stepping over a dollar to get to a dime to them. Man, the end game is the data. So maybe they don't care about energy. I mean, maybe they care about the data far more than they care about the energy. So are they making the right financial bets? And I guess this is the hard question. Do we put their attempts to manufacture a new um, non-human species, not made in the image of God, made in their image, do we put our monies into that? Well, <laughs> not I to, mean, the not answer to for us tough is... Question, but. Yeah, well, no, the, I mean, the answer for us is absolutely not. I, and look, I think it's really easy in terms of, um, you know, it might, okay, so now I'm just speaking from uh, just purely an investment standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 things like that are going to be hard to pass up because, you know, the, it, when that happens, the stocks will go crazy and everybody will celebrate and all that kind of stuff. And it might put a little bit of depressor on, uh, on returns for a little while. But, um, you know, and this may sound corny, but I am just such a believer of a taking a long-term approach and b taking an ecclesiastical or, or a, a proverbs based approach. There is nothing new under the sun. There never will be. It'll never be different this time because it never is. And stick to the, the, the other thing Todd, and I think that this is quickly coming. And this is one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is that this autocratic control, this ability for governments uh, empowered by central bank largesse to, to control every aspect of the economy and the culture. Um, that is what is so intriguing to me about this inflationary issue, because that, that is what rips the power out of their hands, right? When the populace, I don't know if you've seen it, but a buddy of mine sent me some, some uh, uh, video today of a mob, a mob in Shanghai crawling over each other to get a watermelon. Okay, this is how wow. the elites, and this is, this is not a new story either. Again, nothing new under the sun, but the natural laws still exist despite the fact that these people desperately want to usurp them. They will not be able to, they will be held in check. 
and they will return. They will, they will like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, is it, uh, Isaiah 50? They, if they want to walk by the light of their own torch, they will lie down in torment. And, and every, but there's no escape in those rules. And I, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this at the thing on Friday night, which is, Hey guys, we're going to have to go through some stuff and it's going to be discouraging at times and it's going to be frustrating at times, but nobody, nobody is above God's law. And if you've bet that for the last 4,000 years, you have been proven undefeated and the same will be true this time. Yeah. So no, I won't touch it with our investment dollars. Uh, <laughs> and I don't care if we have clients that leave us because of that, that's fine. Um, there's no way in the world that I am going to fund Sauron's building of the, of the, of the new orc, right? right. The, the, the super orc right. or the Arukai, the Arukai was the name of it in the, in the book. But it, it, no, I, it, I mean, that's, I, this is like a pay, this is like right out of Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Right. I, yeah, it's not, not happening with our investment dollars, man. No. And, and listen, um, there is also this, um, I'll get to this from James, um, that just came to me as I was thinking about the implication of this show and man, I would pay good money to die just to die. So, and I do believe I'm going to heaven cause man, I just like to be there, um, at the throne of judgment when that guy shows up, if he doesn't repent, <laughs> And I just want to see the Lord Jesus going, whose picture was that behind you? Who's that representing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll continue with Zach Abraham here. Bulwark Capital Management, knowyourriskradio.com. Yeah, there, there, there are, it, this is so encouraging. Zach just gave me a great moment of encouragement. Um, it's so encouraging that in the midst of this madness, you have people just doing good, honest business. And in the financial realm, that that is ever so important. And we have another financial-based partner, and this is on home mortgages, refinances, cash out refinances, purchasing new homes, the degree that people are doing that. And, and they are family-owned mortgage bank, national mortgage bank. Now, look, I know about family-owned investment companies. Zach's um, wife is his chief operating officer. Um, but you listen to the heart, right? That's a man opening his heart about his business. And in the case of American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net, I had an opportunity to meet the heart of the company, which are the employees, and how much they love the company. And here's why. is because in the mortgage business, sometimes people are told, hey, 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 move loans. Hey, I don't care that that's not that great for that, that person. You move the loan right? Coffee's for closer, baby, right? Second, second place is the steak knife, Glengarry, Glen Ross. There's a lot of pressure in mortgage businesses. Not here. There are no commissions, not a single dime of commissions. And they'll put their right now, they'll put their employees time on the table for you where you have zero risk. You get in touch with American financing at AmericanFinancing.net, or I'll give you their phone number here in a second. They'll give you a free mortgage review, free their time, their employees' time, you're simply finding out if they can save you money. How much? Well, they are regularly saving people a thousand bucks a month, 12 grand this year, 120 grand in 10, 240 across 20 years. You invest that money wisely, you could be looking at a million bucks. Do a wise investment across 20 years, maybe more, probably a lot more. Now, the thing about American financing, AmericanFinancing.net, is they understand your time. They're open nights and weekends. 
because they want to be able to get these things done and they can get them done in under 10 days. It's very common for them. Your no risk way to start this, get the free mortgage review, ask them about the cash out refinancing, pay down bills, build the thing you want. For me, it's a guard tower, 75 feet high, 360 degree view. I won't talk about the weaponry. It's American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net, or dial them at 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275, or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLSConsumeraccess.org. You see how good I've gotten at reading that little thing at the end the government lets you read? I sound like that guy who does that for a living, that, that guy just reads that really fast. That's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that was savvy vet, uh, radio veteran action there. And, and quite honestly, I'm going to look at that like game film later so I can do that on, on, on our show. I'm going to study it, man. Yes. Um, the figurehead, um, he, he, this week, um, the figurehead Biden, he came out and celebrated the high gas prices as a beautiful transformation. Did you hear this, that, that he, this is, this is the figurehead. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less relying on fossil fuel. Cause you know, the thing. <laughs> so does, does, does dementia get you the opportunity to bend the laws of physics? And all of a sudden we have now enough solar in the country, <laughs> enough power processing I, power. <laughs> I, that, I mean, th that's how far this wokeness has gone is that math doesn't even matter anymore. And like you said, the laws of physics, I mean, it's, it's, I, I want to look at him and go, Hey, Hey, well, cause I call him uncle Joe. Yeah. Uh, not the figure he's, he's uncle Joe to me, you know, yeah. dear, dear leader too. Sure. I tell my kids, my kids have to call him dear leader. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just well, what we want to want to be respectful. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, I want to look at him and go, hey, um, what are you transitioning to, buddy? What, what are you transitioning to? <laughs> like, I, it, it, and that, it, it, again, it goes to my it goes to my unicorn ranch statement, you know, like, OK, that sounds great. OK, so what are you doing? Well, solar and, and wind. And you're like, that doesn't work. It's intermittent power, buddy. That's not going to work for base load. What's going to be your base load? Well, we're going to have and I just we're going to have giant batteries. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those are great for the environment. I think right? if, if you went I, back it, to, to Yoshi or the, the guys, uh, the guy we played just earlier, the, the, the God man, um, uh, and thank the Lord I've, I've been blessed with forgetting his name. Uh, you've all know a Harari. He does have that fire of hell thing. Um, where he's, he's going to pipe the fires of hell, um, onto the globe. And then, I mean, at that point, I guess that's sustainable power until, until the Lord comes. So we'll have that. Yeah. It's like the devil's heat pump, right? Right. Uh, it, yeah. When you, and Todd, I, I don't need to belabor the topic, but when you sit down and talk to, you know, I, and I've gone over this stuff with engineers uh, that have been in the energy industry for decades. I've gone over it with traders that have been literally in the pits at the Merck in Chicago, yeah. trading oil futures for 20 years. I, we've looked at it from everywhere possible. It, this is a math problem. And it, it is a very simple one. And like everything else in woke culture, uh, it, it's just pretend and extend. Just push it out. And I, it's so crazy because they don't have an end game. 
They're, they're, I mean, they have an end game, but, but they can't even, they can't get there from here. It's all, it's all ridiculous. Yeah. Except, except there throughout biblical history, um, there have been these man gods and now women gods um, who want to corral people into, Hey, you live here and you serve me and you don't travel and uh, there's nothing new under the sun. I, I, I could see the end game being, oh, y- y- you don't have enough power? Dang, that must really hurt because we do, because we can, we can go out and get whatever power we want. Um, and and I, I see that. But I also see, and I'm, I'm really encouraged by you this morning. You, you did a great job of, uh, of ministering to my psyche. This is James 5, 1 through 6. And by the way, um, the, the, the Bible, to my knowledge, and I'm not a theologian and, and not a, I'm certainly not a pastor. That'll take decades for me uh, if I ever do that. But um, to my knowledge, the Bible doesn't say rich people never get into heaven and all poor people do. That's not the point. But James here, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming to you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. This corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You've lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. That guy just stood in front of, the, of, a, of, a, of a depiction of the Lord Jesus Christ and said, he's the new God's. They have seized small businesses or, or, or shut them down. Wealth transfer on a, on a massive scale, the biggest in history, the conjuring of monies, the, the destruction of family farms. Man, it's almost like the Lord saw what was coming. So, so away from the philosophical, the theological, the divine, right back to financial. Um, are you guys still buying base energy? Oh. Yeah. yeah, and 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 uh, now we hedge it just because. And, and when I say hedge, what I mean is, so and and I'm not saying this to brag or anything like that. Just to give the listeners an idea, the value portfolio that I run is up about two and a half percent on the year. Um, and one of the re, one of the ways we do that, and I explain this to people, I go, look, we're not so smart that we pick the only stocks that don't go down and only own the ones that go up. Right. We do that through hedging and managing risk. So um, we, we'll bet against things and bet for things. Right. And balance out that risk. Um, but, yeah, and we'll hedge our oil positions, meaning the one thing I think that everybody's got to keep in mind is the intensity of this macroeconomic backdrop, because it is bad. And in that view, you know, even the things like these energy companies that we own, um, I mean, anything can happen. But when you look at the group of them, so there might be one or two where it doesn't work out, but if you look at the group of them, when you look at the valuation and the structure of the company, the balance sheet, it literally is virtually impossible for that not to be a good investment over the next five years. Um, you know, and, and maybe you should even say five to seven. I don't think it's going to take anywhere near that long, but you know, you never know in the world of especially investing in markets. And so you, you got to, you know, so we will still hedge those positions because just because something's going a lot higher doesn't mean it can't drop by 30 or 40% before it does. And we, but the reason we hedge it is a, we don't want to watch the portfolio down in value. But the other reason we hedge it honestly is selfishly because I want to make money when that stuff dips 
so I can buy more of it. And when you understand the structure of the energy market and the world today, I, I think the advantage is twofold. A, um, what they're talking about is nonsense. And this stuff is going to go up a lot in price eventually. Again, I don't know the timeline. But the other thing that is intriguing is if you ever give me a t an opportunity in the investment world to short human arrogance and immorality, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm going to jump all over it because that is a bet that has paid 100% of the time in history, right? <laughs> betting, betting for human ignorance and, and immorality. Uh, and, and, and so I'm not trying to sound like a, uh, you know, a holy warrior investor, but like I've said on our show, if you're looking at this whole system and going, this is completely un unsustainable, this is insane. A, I agree with you. And B, the best way to short the whole bloody thing is to be long traditional energy, fossil fuels and natural resources. All right. So we're going to we're going to continue the discussion with Zach. Zach, I have breaking news for you and for everybody else. It won't be breaking because we're recording in advance. But if you heard our one folks about Alex Berenson um, pulling out from The New York Times, the fact that the um, alleged murderer in Texas was a serious and heavy cannabis user. Wait until you get the update. And the New York Times. Oh, gosh, you can't. Well, I can't wait to share this with you. So it's Thursday morning. That means it's the time where my wife uh, walks into the bedroom on her own. She does a weigh-in and she pops out and she's got this smile on her face. I love that feeling. Everybody loves to see their wife smile. Well, I mean, if you have a soul. Guy from World Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah. Why you'll need help losing weight? I'll just put computer code in you. You'll never eat anything good again. You're a machine. That's one approach. That is where you give your soul to Satan. That's one approach. Or you could do the other approach, which is you work with our partners at Soda Weight Loss. They're humans with souls and complete souls. They're also, most of them have um, come from a medical background. That's not the right word. Actual healthcare you know, preventing disease and such, you know, with, with God's plan to use the foods God created and provided. Soda Weight Loss began with one location in Dallas, Texas, sodaweightloss.com, blossomed into seven. Now, you heard Satan man speaking about the, what will these people look like? It depends on who owns the data. We may make you look a little bit like a lizard. We like lizards. That's what do we like. Well, that's one approach. The data that Soda Weight Loss uses is far different. Um, that is the data on the performance. And they started to look at this and said, wait a minute, we're a Texas-based company. Why are people coming from Florida, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee? What is this? Well, it's performance. Soda Weight Loss does predictable weight loss. Why does that matter? Because if you want to drop unwanted fat from your body and keep it off. Now, some people like that where you, one, you know, you'll go up and down 60, 80 pounds. For some people, that's fun. The people who are like fires of hell, that's fun. Um, but if you want to keep the unwanted fat off your body, like I've, I've kept 150 pounds off my body, then you do it predictably. So when you call Soda Weight Loss or you go to sodaweightloss.com and sign up, they're going to run you through how quickly you will drop the unwanted fat per week. They'll track that. They'll track that performance. They'll provide you the foods. 
Incidentally, if you're trying to drop unwanted fat from your body and you're experiencing hunger, heads up, that's not gonna work. Well, it's not gonna work sustainably. This says a former wrestler and a football. Oh, you gotta take off 30 pounds, okay. And it came back later as 100 pounds of fat. SodaWeightLoss.com, they will run you through the whole thing. You never even need to leave your house. SodaWeightLoss.com. Zach Abraham's with me. So Zach, since we're recording this, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to hour one because it ain't published yet. Um, I was talking about the alleged murderer in Texas and the fact that, and I know there's a lot of people in your audience at knowyourriskradio.com in this audience with which the Lord has blessed me. Um, the um, There are many members of our audiences who smoke the stinkweed and it, it works for them. But high-end, big-time cannabis use can lead to psychoses, um, delusions. It's very, very harmful. So it turns out that the alleged Texas murderer liked himself some stinkweed and may have murdered his grandma because she wouldn't let him smoke it. Um, and the New York Times reported that. And then they removed it. Yeah. Then they removed it. They went back and disappeared it from their piece. What? What? They, okay. They disappeared. Maybe maybe there's an obvious maybe there's an obvious answer staring me in the face. But why? What, what, why would they want not want that out there? Because the New York Times is a proponent of legalized drugs. Because the New York Times oh. is is co-owned by Big Pharma. Because yeah. the New York Times cannot have this narrative, even as and we talked about this in the first hour. And if you're just listening to this, you can go get the first hour at the ToddHarmerShow.com or if you get podcasts. Um, because we've seen the murders go record high in cities right after they blew it out and legalized any and all drugs, just catastrophic gang related, you know, in, in your separate country, you guys have cartel wars going on over there. Um, and same as in Portland, but also just murders, psychotic murders. Uh, and in this case, I'm not saying that the, the, the cannabis did this, but all the contributing factors that led up to this. So, yeah, they just they just disappeared well, it from their coverage. Well, and I think that and, and people need to be people need to be really careful with this because there's been a, there's been an extended amount of research done on this, which is, you know, if you're 45 years old and you're healthy and you want to puff on the hippie cabbage every once in a while, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, they've showed that when you, that use of marijuana under the age of 25 prevents and retards the develop of the frontal cortex and which is, you know, which, which, and if there's brain people out there, I am not one. I, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon, but I stayed at a holiday and express last night. Um, you know, but, but the, the frontal cortex is what controls like your, your, uh, uh, impulses, like behavioral, all that kind of stuff. And so th this is not a mystery. If, if you've got an 18 year old that is all, you know, cheached out of his mind on the hippie cabbage, then there's going to be impulse control problems. There's going to be things. And, you know, not everybody that's a pothead. I mean, I think about some of like some of the guys I went to high school with, you know, they, they didn't get violent, but um, you know, it, it, it different strokes for different folks. It hits different people different ways. And, you know, everybody acting like this is all just safe. You know, like I said, I mean, I, if you're 45 years old and you're healthy and stuff, yeah, I mean, you know, do what you do what you want to do, but this stuff for people under the age of 25, it's not good. It's not good. It's going to prevent brain development and, um, and then, you know, there's a cascading effect from there. I mean, this is, this is settled science. 
Well, yep. And um, there's also this, that when you add to that um, video game addiction, when you add to that at this point, no pornography, porn, uh, no visible father. When you add to this, oh, there's no God. Um, Hey, no one cares about you. When you add to this, no community. When you add to this, this kid, the murderer, um, the alleged murderer, and, and the Lord can redeem souls. So I don't get to decide who's in hell, but I think he's in hell. Um, he, uh, he also was going around cutting his face and it appears that no adult took it seriously enough to say, wow, I think he's trying to tell us something by slicing his face open. No one did that. Um, and yet we have an opportunity now by virtue of this to, to stop for a second and reset as a society or just as a podcast family, that kid at school who's lonely, reach out, be the adult that reaches out. Be yep. the people who raise our kids to say, hey, if someone is visibly hurting and you feel unsafe around them, you tell us. If someone's visibly hurting and you feel safe, hey, our job as followers of the Lord Jesus, as disciples and disciple makers, our job is to, to talk to God. Is, am I to reach out to this person? If someone has been placed in your life and they're in visible pain and you, you have given your life to the Lord Jesus, it is in fact your duty to reach out to the person it, because it may be an opportunity. God may be saying, hey, I've put this person here and I want you to do this work. And my goodness, the, the greatness that can come from this. My goodness, the savings. But Todd, I, I think this is yet another example of cultural rot. And what I mean by that is one of the things that I pray about and talk with my kids all the time is that your job, one of your primary jobs is to stand up for and defend the kid that is being picked on, the kid that is being ostracized. And when you go to all these schools, what do they all talk about? Anti-bullying. Okay, that's like saying, that's like saying, <laughs> that's like saying we want to remove lust. It is a pointless thing because kids will bully. That's what kids do. And it's like everything our culture does is backwards. If you want to stop bullying, empower courage, empower nobility, empower kids to step up and stand up to bullies and to protect the weak. That's biblical, right? We will never legislate out or culturally get rid of uh, evil or bullying or bad intentions. What we can do is empower and teach the youth and everybody else to stand up to it, right? To push back. You, you, you don't legislate out evil. You confront it. And, and uh, it, it's just every, this culture has, not only does it not have the answers, it has the opposite. We need to stop bullying. Nonsense. You're never going to do it. Teach the kids how to step up and be noble and to have integrity and to have courage and step up and protect people. That it's like, we talked about it before. I talked to my kids about being sheepdogs. Your job is to protect the weaker and the most vulnerable, not to run around with your anti-bullying shirt on. I once heard a really cool depiction, not depiction, uh, interpretation of the Lord Jesus when people were preparing to stone a woman um, because there was this thing where the Lord wrote in the dirt. He, he put his fingers in the dirt and I heard this great interpretation I'm going to share with you in a second. Um, this is the voice you're hearing me talk with, Zach Abraham. Uh, his radio shows at knowyourriskradio.com. It's a great one. Uh, Zach's an educator at heart. The podcast you're listening to exists to grow. 
And so we do ask you to use the share button. It's so simple. Just hit share, send it to friends. And sometimes I feel awful about invoking Rush Limbaugh's name, God rest Rush. I do like to celebrate his work and keep his memory alive. And we'll always do that. The reason I ask you to introduce it to the Limbaugh audience is because most of them don't know the podcast exists. And our data shows, and we don't, we don't use our data for satanic means. Um, our, da- our data shows that when Limbaugh people learn about the podcast, they go, oh, I remember that rodeo clown. Rush used to make fun of him for continuing to live in Seattle. I loved it when Rush made fun of Herman. That was fun. Um, so you hit the share button, send it to your friends who listen to Rush and say, hey, remember that goof who used to live in Seattle? He moved out. And he's living in free America and he's got a podcast and here it is and listen to it, please. That's something we just ask you to do. You can also send it to the ToddHermanShow.com, but by far the easiest way is simply share button, whatever app you're using, email or text friends and just tell them. We so appreciate that. Um, so Zach, the, um, I, I do have a, um, a, a math and economic question to close out with today, but I, I do want to offer this interpretation I heard of the Lord Jesus in the moment that the, um, I think it was Pharisees uh, or Sadducees uh, uh, were getting ready to stone a woman for adultery. And the Lord Jesus stepped in and you were talking about being brave um, and, and, and being noble. Of course, he was all those things. He was also humble um, and is. And he came and he inter- interjected and he was recognized as a rabbi, although, of course, the Sadducees and, and Pharisees mostly hated him. And he knelt down and he wrote in the sand or the dirt. And then he picked up a stone and said, let he who is out without sin cast the first stone. And this interpretation I heard was that the Lord Jesus was writing the names of men who had engaged in adultery. <laughs> let, let. I, no, I, and I love it. And, yeah. and that was one of the things we were talking about on Friday night is it is so easy to get wrapped up in the despair and the anger. And I think all of those are just feelings. I think that there's purpose for that. But as, as believers, we know how the story ends and we were not asked to throw stones. We were asked to love real love not cultural nonsense, whatever you do is good for you, love, right? Yeah. That's not love, uh, but real love and compassion. And that is our best way to fight back. It, re- it really is, you know, stand up for what we believe in. But, you know, I always tell my kids that um, one of the things we talk about is being, being a really good doormat for the house of God, meaning our job is not to fix, our job is not to judge, our job is not to point out failures. Our job is to make the entrance of God's house look as attractive as possible to get people to him, right? right. To love them and hold their hands and walk them through the front door. And they go, can you fix me? No, 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 buddy. I can't fix anything, but I got a guy that can, you know, and, and we don't, we don't make the front of that house look attractive when we're throwing bombs and judging people and ridiculing, right? It's, we stand up for our principles and we don't back down but we just love and, and we, we got to do that, right? We will be known by our love. And I think all too often as Christians, I get it. We get so frustrated and anger and vitriolic about the, the decay of society that we forget to do the one thing that God asked us to do, right. which is love our neighbor. Right. Um, yeah, I think he asked us the other things, but the, the key thing that's above right. all, love the God, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, there, there, 
so I want to just close with a, a math question because we've done the sublime, we've done the spiritual, we've done the, um, not spiritual, we've done uh, the Christ thing. Uh, we've honored the Lord Jesus, I think, I hope so. Um, this is Deb Holland. She is the interior secretary. She's asked here a question about, um, is it better for the environment to um, have our oil uh, processed under the econo- under the environmental rules of, of the dictatorship in Venezuela um, and then brought over across the ocean in massive tankers and then unloaded and shipped around the country um, in big tanker trucks or to have it processed here around the country in, in many places. Uh, here's the interaction. Is it more environmentally friendly to develop and produce oil and gas resources off the coast of Louisiana, or is it more environmentally friendly to develop those resources, say, in Venezuela or in another country abroad in terms of emissions, in terms of climate? Um, Senator, what I can say is that um, I think here in our country we care deeply about workers. Uh, But that's not my question. My question is, what has the lowest emissions profile using Louisiana or American workers in the outer continental shelf off the Gulf with American companies and American regulations or Venezuelan standards and Venezuelan crude? Senator, I'm I'm not an economist or an engineer or a scientist, um, but with respect, I'm almost out of time, and I and I get a sense that this question is not going to be answered straightforwardly. No offense. <laughs> You've spoken with the the brightest people in the energy sector, engineers, bosses, fellow um, investors. Uh, you've spoken with frontline people. So what's the answer? Because I think I know, but I want you to tell us. And that's the irony of the whole situation. I mean, for, for instance, the safest, most clean way. And, and this is why I say this is why when we started talking about the school shooting, I, I see the parallels there because I sit there and I go, hold on a second, guys. I came to this meeting thinking that we were trying to uh, clean up the environment and eliminate. So what is our goal here? Is it clean energy or is it to eliminate and beat up American fossil fuel producers? Because those are two different things. There's no question, Todd, who has, who has stricter environmental standards, us or Venezuela? This is patently ridiculous. Here's another one. The first thing Biden does when he gets into office is nixes the Keystone Pipeline. Do you know what the safest, most environmentally friendly way to ship energy around the country is? Pipelines. Pipelines. People go, well, they've had explosions. And I'm like, yeah, what, two or three in 50 years? What happens to the tanker when it runs aground in, X, in the, you know, the Exxon Valdez runs aground in uh, uh, in, in Alaska, well, what happens when the, uh, the, the semi-truck hauling at a tanker accrued uh, gets in a car wreck and turns into a giant fireball? It, 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 this whole, it's just be, it's beyond insane. And they act as if, if we produce crude outside of the United States, that somehow that's a better alternative. It's, I, I, like I said, I will keep calling it third grade diplomacy. I, it's, I, Oh, it just makes, it makes my head hurt, man. It's so, this is so obvious and so stupid and so silly. I mean, you know, the answer to this too. 
I, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, um, I, I, once I, had, a conver- I had a conversation with an anti-coal train zealot. Um, and so I was just listening and being Socratic and I was saying, so your concern is the spillover, the coal popping out of the train trucks or I had pardon me, the railroad uh, cars. Yes. Oh my gosh. The coal dust poisons everything in its path. Gets all over the birds, all over the waters. Uh, yeah, man, that, that, that would suck to have the coal dust all over the birds, all over the waters. I get it. Um, do the coal companies like throwing products? I don't know. Throwing products. Well, they're greedy. He goes, he goes, what? Well, yeah, that's what I said. You said they're greedy. Do they like having their product blow away? What? I go, dude, (laughs) on top of the coal is about three inches of silicone sealant. Watch (laughs) this. this, It can't get out. No. Oh, but but the silicone, they melt it and reharvest it. It's recycled. Yeah, but still, it could get out. <laughs> uh, no, and then and then and then we turn a complete blind eye. Somehow, dumping literally tens of millions of used and expired batteries into landfills is acceptable. That that's why I just keep going back to this, and I'm like, wait a second. I came to this meeting and discussion in good faith. I thought we were actually trying to clean up the environment. Oh no, we're. What are you doing? They don't really know, Todd. They don't really know what they're doing. Not in terms, and I don't mean just ignorance. You asked her, that question stumped her. She hadn't even thought about it. They, they just swallow the narrative and keep on moving down the road. And I got to be honest with you, as a member of this culture, it makes my stomach sick. As an investor that's long these evil fossil fuels, I'm licking my chops. I mean, the, 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 the simplicity and again, I will say this over the longer run, nobody has, I mean, it's working pretty good this year, but over the longer run, nobody really knows when you step back from a macro economic angle, this is the easiest trade in my entire career. (laughs) The world needs it and they're stopping production. Here's the other crazy thing. The UK just issued out special one-time checks to subsidize people due to high oil costs. Yeah. Right. Well, so what they're doing is they're subsidizing demand and stepping on the neck of production. And I'm sitting back going, thank you. Every time I see one of these regulations, I go, well, profit on our company just went up. Fantastic. Here we go. And I, you know, I'm not cheering for it. I don't want the, the globe to, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's just insanity. It's just insanity. Well, at least uh, we have people who can help us navigate it. I always appreciate you coming on the program. It's knowyourriskradio.com, Zach's radio show. I've never been on his radio show. I, it's weird. I don't know what that's about. Oh. <laughs> hey, well, you know what's funny, man? I've never even thought about having you on because you're big time. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't fill in for Rush Limbaugh, man. I don't have hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah. We're just a little local finance show, man. Oh, come on. You're in multiple cities. Um, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. Um, and let's just all together, Zach, we will join me in this. Uh, let's all just one more time, uh, ask the Lord Jesus, uh, to provide to the people in Texas, uh, whose children are gone. Um, and, and hopefully all of them in heaven, um, that the Lord Jesus will comfort them, that the Holy spirit will, will bring them wisdom on how to be comforted 
and that the Lord will reach into the souls of the officers who apparently, according to the journal, um, opted to remain outside the school instead of going in to do their duty, um, that the Lord will speak to them and remind them of their duty. And if it is the Lord's will that he forgive them, that they repent and change. But most of all, just comfort and that, that, that the Lord would inspire us to see the future murderers so that we can stop them from wasting in hell and from taking lives with them. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.